We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So let, let's take us to the defensive side of the football, which, Brian, you want to talk about whooping someone's butt, right? On the USC side of things, you have, in my opinion, and I think most people's opinions, one of the brightest minds in college football from an offensive perspective in Lincoln Riley. I think most people would agree with that. I mean, he is a – when you talk about the best offensive play callers in college football – He's on the short list, top two yes. to three. I mean, if not number one by a Ryan, lot of what people. I what have I I've always said this about him. I don't think he's a great head coach. I think he's a tremendous offensive mind, arguably the best in college football. Arguably, he's in the conversation with guys like Lane Kiffin and Sark and guys yep. like that. Yes, correct. Yep. And you went into this game against an offense that was averaging over fifty points a game, the number one scoring offense in all of college football, with one of the best offensive minds in college football arguably the best with the reigning reigning Heisman trophy winner at quarterback. Who's also probably going to be the first overall selection in the 2024 NFL draft. And before we get into the breakdown of positionally who impressed, who did this, who did that Al golden took Lincoln Riley's lunch money tonight, took his lunch money, man. Absolutely took it. No, if, ands or buts about it, folks, if for the people in here, that don't like Al Golden for whatever reason are in the fire Al Golden train every single week. <laughs> Al Golden coached circles around the USC offensive staff tonight. Forget about the four yeah. turnovers they forced. They didn't, they didn't know what was happening. They didn't mm-hmm. they had no response to the different pressure looks he was giving, the coverage variations. It, Al Golden coached circles around this USC oh, yeah. team, which was my most pleasant surprise, Brian. I thought the defense was going to play well compared to expectations. Right. Yeah. Well, but here's I, here's I, the thing, Ryan. Let yeah. me let me counter with this. Let me counter with this because I want to make this point here real quick. I want to give some context. Number one, no, USC had 302 yards of offense tonight. 302. Their previous low this season was 365 last week against Arizona. The lowest they had last year was 357 against Oregon State. So it was 55 point yards below their previous season low. 
they scored 20 points thanks to a long punt return. And for all the people that want to talk about uh, speed, Notre Dame doesn't have speed. I just watched Notre Dame's punter, Hawk, the fastest player on USC's team. I just had to say that. But if I'd have told you before the game, Notre Dame is only going to have 251 yards of offense, and it's going to be 24 to 6 at halftime. If I told you, Ryan, I'm going to give you, I'm going to, I, I, I've looked into the future and I'm going to tell you two things. Number one, it was 24 to 6 at halftime. And Notre Dame only finished the game, finished the game with only 251 total yards of offense. That's it, bro. You'd be like, oh my God, it's going to be a terrible night. Would you not have? It's going to be a terrible night. But why? But they won by four touchdowns because I, I don't know that I've seen, I don't know that I've seen a, 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 a defensive performance like this. We'll get to the players in a second. I don't know that I've seen Lincoln Riley get get schooled that bad in a long like I don't know that I've ever seen it to be honest with you. Yeah. Because it wasn't just the early game plan Ryan, it was they tried to adjust and none of it worked. And and I'll tell you this, about 60 about 50 of those 302 yards came late in the first half when Notre Dame went prevent defense, let USC go and then they stopped. <laughs> Stop playing prevent, and then what? What happened immediately? USC could go nowhere, go nowhere. And if it yeah. wasn't for players celebrating after the one sack, they don't even get that. Yeah, probably like, not. They don't even get that. Probably not because the clock yeah. runs out. Because Notre Dame had yeah. to call the timeout with two seconds left. So, uh, I mean, I've been critical of Al Golden in the past. You've been critical of Al Golden in the past, more so last year than this year. Yeah, but just. All year long, Ryan, this defense has carried this football team. All year long. And it needed brilliance tonight, and Al Golden flat out gave them brilliance tonight. Now, we'll get to the players, because I don't how, care how good your game plan is. You, you got to carry it out when you're playing this this team. But, I mean, just mixing up different looks. I mean, Caleb was so confused tonight. He was so he was. confused tonight because – and you and I talked all week, Ryan. This is a smart kid. You talk to NFL people. Yes, they – Yes, Caleb Williams is a really physically gifted player, but he's a smart football player as well. And he was confused from jump. I mean, they would show pressure and bail. They were bringing depth pressures, like the 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 um the the second Xavier Watts interception was on a corner fire. Yeah, and he was he he never saw Xavier Watts coming down. Um, yeah. I don't know that you guys could see it on TV, but they just they had so many answers for the seam routes, and it was a it's like a different guy every time. And uh, man, I, uh, huge props. I mean, it just uh, the only the only call that they made that I was like, that's a great call right there was the thirty-one yard touchdown on the option play. That was a great call. I mean, it, oh yeah, because right at the Notre Dame blitz, had a little and, bit of the influence to the right, yeah. and he came back with the speed to the left. Yep. Yeah, it was a good call. And Beautiful. and Notre Dame attacked this way, went right away from the blitz. That was a heck of a call. That was it. Because the one touchdown that got called back on the draw, that's not a touchdown if they don't hold Howard Cross. He was going right for Caleb Williams, and they held him. And that's why he was able to go for the big play is because of the hold. If he get, doesn't yeah. if he if he doesn't get held, it's not a big play. I, I just kept waiting on USC to answer, and they never answered. Never and answered. and um, man, I got to tell you, it was a it was a masterful performance tonight by Al Gold. It really was. And mm-hmm. you know what? I also I liked Ryan. He yep. trusted his kids tonight. He did. He did. He yep. trusted his kids tonight. And 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 hats off to him in the biggest moment. The backs against the wall. 
he had a great game plan, but the game plan relied on my dudes are better than your dudes. And kudos to him for that, because that's exactly how the game played out. Their dudes at Notre Dame were better than the USC dudes, including Caleb Williams. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Well, he he it was a masterclass from a defensive play calling perspective. One minor tweak that I have to make make is I said four turnovers. I forgot about the fifth one, the last one where Xavier Watts punched the ball out at the end against the backups. My apologies, folks. My apologies. Five turnovers, three interceptions off of Caleb Williams, the most he's ever thrown in a college football game, by the way. The only other time he had only had one game, yeah. Brian, before this where he had multiple interceptions in a game. Freshman. a freshman year against Baylor. That yeah, was that against was that game. really good Big 12 champ Baylor team as well. A good team, man. In 2021. With yep. a bunch of NFL players. Correct, right? Yes. We talked about this during the week. 877 pass attempts coming into this game. Yep. And he'd only thrown 10 picks. Notre Dame almost got 50% of that tonight, Ryan. Think about that. That is That is nuts. I yep. mean, uh, three, excuse me, um, th- 33% of that. I first keep thinking he had four, but they had, they had two of them were fumbles. But, I mean, it was just – and it was – I mean, we're going to talk about this in tomorrow's show, Ryan, but uh, my dad's texting me during the show. He's like, key number one, bam. Key number two, bam. Key. So the keys that you and I have talked about, like they shut down the run, they had Caleb Williams off balance all night, they tackled well and they made stops. I mean, it was literally like boom, 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 boom. Like check, 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 check. And uh, 
I'll say this, Ryan. We've talked about Al Gold. Let's get into the players. We've been asked. We've been, there's a phrase that you and I have used a lot this year. Let the defensive line loose. And people ask, what do you mean by that? What does that mean? What does that look like? That right there. <laughs> That's what it looks like, yeah. That right there. And it and it was a it was a super collaborative effort too, right? It wasn't like it wasn't like a Howard Cross game against Duke where it's like Howard Cross was the the mainstay of that group. Like he was the right. guy, the like, not the only tackles, guy, three and a half tackles for right. loss. Just yeah. like the super gaudy stat line. This was a collaborative effort, man. Riley Mills was dominant tonight, folks. I would be willing to say, it's just my opinion, that this may be this may have been Riley Mills' best football game for uh, in a Notre oh, Dame uniform by for far. me. For by me, far. yeah. And he's played well this year. Yeah, yeah, he's played very well. He had a really good football game. I thought Javante Jean Baptiste flashed a ton in this football game. Outside of one play, did you see that yeah. one play where they drove him like ten yards? They did, off the they ball? did. Yeah. I looked at Vince. I said, "Was he dropping into coverage?" <laughs> like he said, "No, they blocked him." <laughs> and but, How- yeah. Howard Cross had his usual just good football game. Just yep. a good football player, man. Nana then- had another sack. Nana played well, man. Yeah, he did. Football game. He, had a, he, he did. One of those better football games. Four tackles, had a sack. Yep. He, he yep. had a sack last week, too, right? I yep. mean, Nana's been playing decent ball for the most yep. part, man, the last couple weeks. So, yeah, Nana contributed. You saw a, a huge flash play from Bubakar Traore in this yes. game. It's the, the sack by a really turnover. freshman <laughs> mistake, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, no, it, luckily it, it, for him, right, Gabriel, a, a couple. Ahead. A, a senior and a and a sophomore also joined him in that dumb mistake, so it wasn't quite as bad. I'm just a freshman That's right. making a That's dumb right. mistake. But yeah. Also, Ryan Gabriel Rubio yeah. back. Yes, this is a different well. team when Gabriel Rubio plays. Yep. Just because, and when I, the reason I say that, it's not that Howard Cross and Riley Mills aren't good because they that duo Ryan has been excellent all year. Like, mm-hmm. there's been a lot of this from Riley Mills when he's given a chance to attack. This is what he does. This is just yep. what he does. Howard Cross has been great all year. But when yep. Gabriel Rubio plays, he's been really good. Yes. And you know, his stat line's not impressive. You know, one tackle, one breakup, but he's just around the ball. He's hard to block. Yep. You know, so it just it was just a lot of guys. It was just a lot of guys. Uh, by the way, a buddy of mine just texted me a picture. I guess it was tweeted out. It's a picture of uh Deuce Knight with Sam Hartman at Kingston. And uh, cool. Kingston's got like all Notre Dame stuff on, but they're going like this. <laughs> Ryan. Going like this, the you know, because yeah. USC goes like this. So I was uh-huh. like, okay, I can dig that. Um, but just Ryan, like this is what you and I thought this defensive line can be. They turned it loose against Duke and yep. they played great. This is what we've been begging for all year, right? Mm-hmm. It's what we've been begging for you. By the way, some questions. Um, Vince is gonna join us when he gets home, and Sean Davis what might pop soccer, in at some man. point in time as well. You know, he's had a really rough week, and I know I'm, and, I'm and just, he wanted I'm no 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 kidding, I'm, just, but yeah, I'm explaining yeah. to people. Normally, yeah. Vince will leave the games early and come home and start the show, but um, he's had a rough week, and he needed to enjoy this. So uh, he was at the game, and uh, we spent the whole first quarter outside watching the nice. game outdoors, which is really cool because you could hear the crowd and all that. I wanted to experience that. But he'll he'll get here as soon as he gets home. But um, this defensive line, Ryan, has been a very underrated part of this team all year. Yep. And you and I have been saying when they're turned loose, they're very good. And we're going to talk about the – linebackers and the DBs and all the good things they did. But a big part of that is the D line because the first interception that Xavier Watts picked off tight ends open. 
Yeah. I mean, tight end's open. Why doesn't he complete the pass? Because he had dudes in his face. Yes. And so he sails it and he gets picked off. The 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 reason he didn't see Xavier Watts on the second interception, because he was pressured. Yes. You know, like he was they they were just on him all night long, Ryan. And, it was and, impressive. And it was such a, par- a a difference from the last year's game where it was just like you couldn't get the kid on the ground, right? Like Notre Dame harassed Caleb a little bit last year, but it wasn't enough. Like they didn't get him to the ground. They didn't cause him to get super frantic. Like he always just looked in control last year. Tonight, they put Caleb Williams in some really bad positions, some really bad spots, and they got him on the ground a ton in this football game, even if that's just knocking the ball neck and him down, forcing bad throws, incompletions. They defensive line played their butts off, man. Yes. Like they did again. Like I said, Bubakar Traore flashes football game. I also saw Jason Onye a couple times. Yeah. I'm like, all yeah. right, cool, awesome. Ryan, like, you nailed it though, dude. This was a. I mean, I, I didn't see like any big plays from Jordan Patelho. I don't see like him in the stat line at all. I didn't even see him in the game. Was he? Was he playing? He tonight? played, but he, he played. just was steady. He was just setting the edge, yeah. and you know, uh, Burnham had a couple nice edge plays. Obviously, you mentioned Bubakar. It just was a. The D line as a whole just played really good football. They did. Just, they did. And you, one of the one of the things that I broke down in the the Wednesday show, Ryan, and we talked, you and I talked about it too, is the ends had to play well in this game. They had to, and they did. Yep. Yep, I mean, did. The, the the guy that get, was getting the most pressure on Caleb early was Javante Jean Baptiste. Yes, he was. I mean, and and Caleb could just never get comfortable. Those tackles had no chance against him, and Nana was beating them, beating their butts, like in the run game especially. Like they were just kicking their butts. I mean the. And we've said this all along. When the D line is getting a push, it makes the linebacker pressures so much more effective, Ryan. And tonight was a yeah. perfect example of that because the linebackers are getting free. And I'll tell you what, Marist had a, one of the best pass rushes of the night, too. Oh, against the guard, right? Yeah. Where he, where he sunk, it, sunk his hips dude. and, like, yeah, yeah, he did. Reminded he me of did. the rush that uh, – remember when Dalen Hayes did that against Clemson in 2020? Yep. They just yep. lined him up over the guard and he just whooped that dude athletically? That's what yep. we saw tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had so some bad man. You even saw Jalen Sneed flashing in his on Come ball role tonight. He, yeah, I mean, he edge. had a couple yeah. pressures and broke up that pass. I mean, there were just there were there were some guys that played like stars tonight, Ryan. There were. We'll get into that. Riley Mills played like a star tonight. Howard Cross was yeah. good. He was good. You know, Riley was by far the best defensive lineman. Javante Jean Baptiste continues to make himself money. Like, if you're an NFL he's team and good. you're watching this kid, you're like, this kid can play at the next level. I'm not saying he's like a day two draft pick now, but like. How do you six six long athletic consistent pass rush plays the run well? You know, he's doing some really good things. It just but the, the thing I loved about this game, Ryan, is it was just there were just so many different guys that contributed to this. And so I got to give Al Golden credit for this because it wasn't just yes. the game plan, but the, him, Al Washington, Mike Mickens, Chris O'Leary, Max Bulla, they had this group emotionally and mentally and physically ready to play at a high level because every position group played big-time football tonight. But it, but when you dominate up front, Ryan, I don't care who you're playing, you're going to be hard to beat when you have the kind of talent Notre Dame has. Well, I was going to say, Brian, is that even when Notre Dame has a dominant defensive performance sometimes, there's still moments where you're like, you know, but that position didn't play that well, right? Like there's still there's still room for improvement from position to position, which there always is. But there was no position group tonight where I said they were average or below average. Like they were all plus performers in this football game, and some played an elite level tonight. I mean, like that's kind of where it was. I mean, so 
yeah, man, the defensive line, I think, starts it up and they they forced a lot of issues and they gave the second and third level defenders a lot of opportunities to make big plays, which they did. They they, they capitalized on those big opportunities and those big plays when they had their opportunity when the opportunities were in front of them. So, yeah, man, it was a uh, it was the best defensive performance that I can personally recollect from a big game. In- oh, yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. trying to think back to the last one where I'm just like, yeah, that was a master class against like, this, this kind of team. Yeah. Uh, well, and here's the thing: like you could say Clemson last year, sort of, but but yeah. but that offense wasn't nearly as good as this one. Like to re- right. relative to the quality of the competition, and also, you know, last year's Clemson game, you jumped on them early because of other parts of the ball, right? Yeah. And and then you look at. Uh, the wind was really bad that night. Like you couldn't throw the ball. I'm just trying to think of like against the quality of the competition. I honestly, Ryan, I have to sit and think about it for a while. I'd have to think about it for a while. You probably have to go back to like, like when they beat Clemson in 2020, it was a shootout. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it probably have, I mean, even like Syracuse 2018 where they dominated them, that offense wasn't anywhere close to this level of the offense. And you could say, Hey, you know, you were shutting down early, but it helped when you knocked Eric Dungey out of the game on the second series of the game. Sure. Like, I, I honestly, it's gonna, it's been a long time. But you know what? It's probably right. It's probably the last time we saw this was probably 2017 against USC. Yep. When they dominated that USC team. I mean, that's probably the last time. But, um, you know, that USC team had 336 yards of offense. This one had 302. You know, I mean, it. This was a. This was a masterclass. One thing you and I talked about yesterday, Ryan. Yep. As I, I'm gonna kick it back over to you. Oh, and by the way, that USC team went for 5.0 yards per play. This one went for 4.1. 4. 4.1 is not good for people that aren't in the analytics side of things. That's not good. Really bad. <laughs> that's not good. Um, because USC but, ran a lot of plays. Like USC yeah. had the ball. Oh yeah, a lot more than Notre Dame had the ball. Tonight. Oh yeah, a whole lot more. They ran 74 plays. Only yep. had 302 yards. They in in 17 they ran they had 336 yards. But they did that in 67 plays. Right. So, um, and I, again, I'll, I'll probably say probably about 40, I said 60 earlier, probably closer to like 40, um, 40 of the yards came on late in the first half when you were playing off, you know what I mean? One thing you and I talked about Ryan on Tuesday, I'm setting you up here. We said for Notre Dame to win this game, you needed, you needed guys to step up and play like stars on all three levels right all three yep. levels needed somebody and we saw that tonight and second on the second level again they all made plays jack kaiser made plays did you see him run through the block the receiver trying to tackle him they ran like a, yep. a little swing pass and the receiver trying to block him and jack just mm-hmm. trucked him uh marist had some big plays in the game yes he did yes he did jd bertrand was an absolute machine Yep. tonight it was, it was one of his better games JD, nine tackles JD in the first well. half ryan five solos yep. and that fourth down stop that he had was a thing of brilliance in the first half uh, like where he, he tackled was... both the, the the mesh he just yes both the mesh is like yep, he tackled Ka- caleb's <laughs> trying to rip the ball out from him and he yeah. couldn't like caleb's trying to do that thing he did against kansas as a freshman you remember that and yep. jd was like we ain't kansas bro it's not yeah, that. He was he, phenomenal tonight. And, he, and it wasn't just the the blitzes, Ryan. His yep. speed to the perimeter, if you didn't think he was fast, you saw it tonight. I mean, he was chasing stuff down to the perimeter. He JD was excellent tonight. 
excellent in this game. Finished with 11 tackles, one and a half tackles for loss. He had nine tackles in the first half. The reason he didn't have as many tackles second half is because USC was throwing the ball so much more in the second yeah. half. He yeah. was excellent. Felt like they were rotating linebackers a lot in the second half too, because you know, just kind of playing the space game a little the bit more. Stuff. But yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, JD. I thought it was one of his better games. I mean, Clemson last year was pretty dang good for JD as well. Yeah. So like, there's there's been a couple of those, but yeah. he this was one of his better ones too, Brian, because I just felt like he made a lot of plays, but he also didn't miss any plays, right? Yes. Like he was just good all night. Like there were no yeah. missed tackles. He was just solid. I'll be I'll be shocked if I. Look at PFF stats tomorrow, and it's like JD Bertrand had like two missed tackles. Be like, when? When, yeah. when did that happen? Yeah, Where show did that me happen? that. Show I, me I, that, exactly. please. Yes, yeah. exactly. I want to see it. Yeah. He was. And, and Mar- yeah. Mar- Maris right. made some plays, obviously, yeah. as a space dude. I mean, sacking the quarterback. He was harassing Caleb Williams as part of the blitz all package all night. Like, even when he wasn't finishing, he was helping other guys finish. Like, he was that type of dude. And then Jack Kaiser was. Good, steady player. Like five game. solo tackles, yeah. Ryan. Five solo tackles. So JD had eleven tackles on the night. One and a half tackles for loss and a half a sack. Yeah. Uh, Jack Kaiser had five tackles, all solos in the night. Yep. Maris Leifau had four tackles and he had the sack. Yep. And then yeah, Jalen Sneed came off and had two tackles and a sack, and had a pass breakup. I thought he was going to pick that. I that, thought he was going to pick that. I will say this though, that pass breakup was one of the most instinctual plays I yep. have seen Jalen Sneed in. Because, like, they they sucked him inside, right? Because I think he was running some type of some type of twist up front. But the fact that he saw the running back leak and was able to get his hands in that passing window, would have loved him to intercept the football. But yeah. Jalen, the one thing that I've been critical of Jalen Sneed is that Jalen Sneed's a great athlete, but, like, does he see the game incredibly quickly all the time? Well, he saw that play, man. You saw the diagnostic skills on that play. Jalen Sneed played a really good football game. Like we'll talk about obviously him, you know, roughing the punter, which was like a dumb play, but like running into otherwise him. he right. showed up on the defensive side of the football tonight, man. That was one of the better performances I can remember from Jalen Sneed on the defensive yeah. side of the ball. So far. yeah, he, he was impactful. I mean, that was the yeah. big thing, right? Is he was consistently impactful and just the edge pressures and, and uh, he comes off the edge, man. He comes off the edge. Fast. He screams, a couple man. times. He, he didn't get close to Caleb Williams a couple times, but Caleb just saw him and just started running. I mean, started moving like he saw him coming off the edge. Started him. He he was. He's one of those. Yeah, he. I was just gonna say he's one of those kids also that brings swagger to the field yes. as well, right? Like when he makes a play, you hear about it, and I like that stuff. Like I think that that matters, especially when you're playing against a really good football team like USC is. You know, the top ten caliber, undefeated season, and you have a player like him that is going to chirp when, and let him let mm-hmm. you know that when he makes a play. I think that stuff yep. absolutely matters. Jalen and Javante Jean Baptiste both had, um, they both had Caleb Williams spooked a couple times. Like there was a couple times, and 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 I'll tell you what, I was I forgot to mention this during the D line thing, but the D line and linebackers too. USC twice tried to pop a quick inside run against Notre Dame to try to catch him on a big play, and both every time they just sniffed it out. And and for everything that they did, Ryan. You know, couple, one of my complaints was there was a couple silly penalties that gave them first downs. They converted some second and longs and and plays like that, which frustrated me. But I'm gonna give them a pass because of just how good everything else was. I mean, and that and some of that too was just you know Caleb making plays. But I I was very impressed with the the front seven as a whole. Ryan, you know, we talked about the linebackers, we talked about the D line, but just as a whole, uh, 
the front seven just dominated action from – I mean, it started right away. I mean, right away, USC got no push, and they were right at them. A phrase that people have heard, heard you say a lot, Brian, especially in, in anybody that was at the practice of this offseason, they move different is a lot of what you've heard from like the younger guys, right? And Bubakar Traore, just to backtrack for a second, I just want people to understand – what a big time potential pass rusher looks like that, yeah. like that move that because that was just pure speed and bend and ability to work outside track. Yeah, that was beautiful, man. Notre Dame doesn't have enough of that, they don't have enough of that. And I saw that and I was like, who literally, this was my moment, Vince. I was watching the game. I'm looking for some reason, my eyes zeroed in on Bubakar on the play before his sack, and I'm like, 51. Who the heck is 51? I have no idea who 51 is. So I start Googling it, but my eyes are fixated on 51 because I'm like, who the heck is 51? And then outside track, easy transition, getting around the track, clubs the ball, almost forces a turnover. I'm like, oh, that's Bubakar Traore. Yeah. That's a true freshman, buddy. Yeah. Like, that's wild, man. Yeah. They need more of that. And, and that who was, was rushing off sign. the other edge, Ryan? It was Jalen Sneed. Yes, like it's a lot of speed, man. A lot of speed coming off the edge. Vince, there, there was the one practice, the full practice we went to this year. Uh, the only one, the, the the one that was on the high school field. Uh, yeah, school and field. Ryan, one of our scouting reports from that game was like, <laughs> this number fifty one is is he's raw. He doesn't really know what he's mm-hmm. doing yet, but he's because he, the the takeaway that night was, and a, another guy that had a great practice that night who we didn't see tonight because he got hurt. Like that night is Aiden Gobira. But the three most impressive players of practice that night were Josh Burnham, Aiden Gobira, and Bubakar. And and uh, this is why, Ryan, you and I had the conversation about who's your who, – you and I had a debate about who has the most upside of any player on, on the defensive side of the ball, uh, Armel or Bubakar. But it's like – but this is what we always – like the fact is, is these guys, the explosiveness that they bring to the table is just about when when is that time going to come. And tonight, Bubakar got his chance. and play a lot but got his chance in that moment and made a huge play. Of course, you know, now it's going to, you know, it's going to get your butt chewed out because you didn't, you know, you, you got forced timeout and all that kind of stuff. But, man, that was a heck of a play because, you know, 23, 24 to 10 going into the halftime and USC starts the second half with the ball, that's a different situation, guys. This episode of the Irish Breakdown podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you ever feel like your brain is getting in its own way? Like you're laying in bed at night with your mind racing a thousand miles per hour and you just can't sleep. Like when you know what you should do, what's good for you, but you just can't do it. Therapy helps you figure out what's holding you back so you can work for yourself instead of against yourself. And if you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. When you get there, just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Irish today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot Irish. Vince, we're talking about the defense. We, we, we broke down the D-line <laughs> in the front seven. If you want to just kind of give some thoughts on uh, – on that, I, I told people but, that uh, I'm I'm starting to show off first because I wanted you to be able to kind of relax and enjoy the uh, 
No, I really appreciate it because I was I I hung around for a little while. Of course, watched everybody storm the field, and like within five seconds of them storming the field, they were like, "Okay, everybody needs to uh, vacate the field as soon as possible." And that took like an hour. So, um, I which I thought was pretty funny. But anyway, as far as the front seven is concerned, you know, Marcus Freeman made a comment earlier this week, and you know, he 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 talked about you know wanting to be aggressive. But then he also talked about wanting to contain Caleb Williams. And it was like, okay, what do I believe is actually going to happen? You know what I mean? Just after last year and and the way that they were going to try to contain Caleb Williams, which obviously did not work. And I, I was worried. I thought we were going to see more of the just kind of, uh, you know, gap contain, stay home, keep him in front of you kind of stuff. And and we we talked all along, Brian, about how when this defense is good, it's good because the front can get after the quarterback when they're right. being aggressive, when they're getting upfield. Now there were a few times where they got a little too far upfield or whatever, and Caleb made him pay with his legs. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's right. he's really good, right? But overall, I loved the defensive game plan, and you know we've been talking about execution. They executed the defensive oh, game plan. Time. I mean, that was. I mean, it was just a thing of beauty. Every time there was a big moment, it felt like the the front is the one that answered it, right? I mean, they they were putting Caleb Williams on his tush. I mean, it was it was so much it was so much fun to watch. I mean, they they were literally having defensive meetings in the backfield. I mean, they were just meeting at Caleb Williams, and so yeah. um, you know, this defense has gotten faster. They've gotten more aggressive, you know, from a personnel standpoint, and now they're using it, and it's like. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, at one point during the game, I just looked up and I was like, dad, thanks, man. I think you talked to these guys about how to play. And it was, uh, yeah. it felt good. It felt really, really, I, from a personal standpoint, I needed this. I needed this yes. particular <laughs> win uh, in a lot of ways and we got it and it was awesome. And the defense, man, holy smokes. I'm glad you guys started with the defense because they, that it was their game, man. It was their oh, game, gosh. and I, I think you said something at one point, Brian. If the defense, I, I can't remember what exactly what you said. It was something about if the defense does X, no pun intended, because he was really good too. Uh, then our the Bryles Award just needs. Yeah, to I be said if they hold, if they <laughs> yes, I and we got the whole we got the whole gang. Together oh, there we tonight. go. Got the whole gang together. I said if the defense holds USC to seventeen or less points, you just need to give Al Golden the Broyles Award which yeah. goes to the top assistant coach in college football. And I if mean, not for that long punt return, guys, that's exactly what they would have done. 100%. I mean, it's exactly what it would have done. You want to know the biggest difference between last year and this year? It's not talent. There's two big differences, and we'll get to one of them here in a second when we get to the secondary. There, there, There's two big differences. And the first one that I want to talk about now before we go to the secondary was last year, Al Golden coached afraid of Caleb Williams. Yeah. This year, Al Golden attacked Caleb Williams. And 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 that's that's the difference. It's like trust your dudes, and if you want your players to trust you, you've got to trust them. And Al Golden tonight said, "I'm going to turn these kids. I'm going to trust." Now, it, when you say turn them loose, it wasn't just okay. Let's line up and run two two coverages right. and two looks and just let them just go be better than him. No, it was a great game plan. It was great play. He was always one step ahead of Lincoln Riley, but the game plan was a built around because I think my dudes are better than your dudes and I'm going to attack. I'm not going to coach. I'm not going to, 
I'm not going to coach scared of 13. And you know what we saw was there's a couple times, Vince, and it, you could really see this from this. Uh, uh, I don't know what it looked like on TV, but I'll tell you what it looked like in the press box. There was about three or four times when he got outside and I said, uh-oh. Yeah. And it oh, was yeah. three-yard games because the speed of Notre Dame at linebacker and at safety and at corner was just – it was too much. Yeah. It was too much. And that was the biggest thing is this is what happens when you trust your players. And and your game plan is, is again, it was complex. It was well thought out. It was well yeah. called. But it, it, it the whole thing was wrapped around, I trust you guys to go out there and get this done. I'm going to turn you loose. Yep. And that's exactly what happened. And so now the consequences of that are is – I know a, a, a little girl um, who lives out in Los Angeles who's got a rock Notre Dame gear around campus this week. Ah, 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 yeah. Ah. yeah. Yeah. This is what Utah did twice last year, if we're going to be honest. Utah did this. If you watch the game where they held, I think USC went to Utah in the regular season and scored 17. Then they went to the pack to pack the championship game. USC scored 42 against them in the regular season last year. That was the Oregon State game. They scored oh, 17 right, against right, Oregon State. Right, the yeah. Oregon State game. Yeah. Well, the championship game was totally different. Right. And I just think, you know, you have so much respect for a player like Caleb Williams. <clears throat> the competitor in you can take a back seat sometimes. Mm-hmm. And that's what you guys have been talking about, yeah. like being relentless, going after him, not just giving him all day to throw or an opportunity to do whatever he wants to do. You can't give players that are that good time and the ability to have options. And I thought the Notre Dame defense, um, Al Golden is looking really good, man, to some <laughs> NFL teams. I, I can tell you that. I would take Al Golden as a defensive coordinator here with the Chicago Bears in a heartbeat right now. <laughs> hey, hey, I, I watched the Broncos give up 70 a couple weeks go to the Dolphins. So, yeah, I'll take that. Well, the Bear, Bears could probably new, use a new head coach as well. So, maybe we can yeah. go for the full uh, – Hey, as long well, as Lincoln Riley doesn't show up on the yeah. doorstep. Well, hey, you know what, though? Oh, it, it, it perfect scenario is, is Lincoln Riley's the head coach and he gets Caleb Williams the number one pick and hire Al Golden because right now the only person that's been able to shut down Al Golden or Lincoln Riley the last two years. Ryan, I, I want to I say this too, man, as we kind of kick to the third level. Yep. You can't execute a game plan like this if you're not really good in the secondary. And yep. the second difference between this year and last year is not only the game plan, but you had number five at field corner. And he showed tonight oh, yeah. how oh, much yeah. of an impact he can have on a football game. And I should have kicked at the Vince, but I won't let Ryan comment on this first, Vince, because I know okay. you're the vice president of the Cam Hart fan club. But, Ryan, you, the thing about Al Golden's game plan, this is why play, having talent in secondary is so important. You can't play a game like this if you don't – and it's not just the corners, but Thomas Harper was great tonight. Xavier Watts was great tonight. DJ was really good tonight. And and you can't execute this game plan if you don't have corners and, and athleticism at the nickel and the safety spot to be able to go out there and, and hang with these receivers. Because I'll be honest, they – they put their nickel and their corners in a lot more islands than I expected them to tonight, just because yep. of, of how last year was played. It is, you have to have dudes like that. If you're going to execute this game plan, Ryan, or yes, Ryan. 
Well, it, it was a it was a very interesting game plan, I thought, from the secondary perspective, because you saw a little bit of everything in the secondary from an alignment perspective. I mean, you saw obviously the base of you know the four two five. You saw nickel obviously in this game. You also saw some three safety stuff as well yeah. with a, with kind of a nickel attached to it too. So it's almost like a dime look, which yeah, was that, very it, interesting. Are you talking about the they, one where they put Thomas Harp on the back end and then put Clarence Lewis in the slot in the nickel? Or are you talking I, about when they went pure three safety stuff? I, I think it was just pure three safeties. So it was almost like an umbrella type of look out of a mm-hmm. dime package, uh, which was very interesting as well. I hadn't seen too much of that year, which was – and that was still when the game was still in reach. Like, that wasn't mm-hmm. just, like, at the end when you're up by four scores. Like, that right. was still when it was, like, an 11-point game, I think, at one point. So I, I think Notre Dame really mixed and matched a lot in the secondary. But at the end of the day, there was a lot of man coverage. You know? There really was. Yeah. There's was, there was some brackets from the inside out from the slots to a degree. But yeah. for the most part, it was Cam, you got him, cuz, right? right? Benjamin Morrison, you got well, him, brother. And, and they, I would, you know, the, the, the bigger shocker even to me, Ryan, is they let Thomas Harper just cover the nickels or the slots. Yep. yep. Now they got Clarence Lewis a couple times. Uh, but. I mean, they and it's not that it wasn't for lack of effort, but but yeah. I can't wait to till you watch the all twenty two of this, Ryan, because I want you to to focus on when Thomas Harper was in the game. Well, he shut the USC slots down. They and, took and some I, shots. I, they threw like a corner route against him, and it's just like he had no chance. If you yeah, if you thrown it where it was catchable, I mean, he might have picked it off. I mean, he was correct. really good. They, Xavier Watts was basically playing a lot of robber coverage tonight. All, all night, me all and, night. You can't yeah. do that unless you're in man coverage in a lot of other spots and let a guy freelance. Like you yeah. aren't, you can't. I, so I, yes, we're gonna hyper focus on what Xavier Watts did tonight, and for good reason. I mean, the guy had, I think, seven tackles. He had two interceptions. He had a forced fumble. He had a fumble return for a touchdown. Yeah. Fantastic game, right? It's pretty good. But, which was forced by. Which was forced by. Cam Hart. Cam Hart. But those two interceptions don't happen if you're not locking dudes up in man coverage yep. and he's able to just kind of freelance yep. and make plays on the football. So you want to talk about a collaborative effort. You want to talk about being very working off of one another and being a unit. That's what happened tonight was that the secondary was so good that it allowed Xavier Watts to want to call freelance because he's still working within the system, but like to be a little bit more free flowing to his responsibilities. And I'll say this, you know what? I knew that Xavier Watts was really going to have a great night. Cause he, I think he had an interception. He had an interception already at this point, but did you guys see when he worked inside out against Marshawn Lloyd on the sideline and he came up and smoked my guy. I was like, Oh, Watts is tapped in tonight. Like he's yes. tapped in. like, yes. this, because that's one thing that's been a little bit missing with his game at times over the last few games is that like, there's been some missed tackles and physicality yeah. stuff. It's not taking good angles like, for the football. Yeah. yeah. But he was locked in as a tackler tonight. He made a lot of impactful plays, obviously, in coverage. He forced the f- fumble at the end. He returned the fumble for touchdown. Watts was all over the place. But don't don't miss the don't miss it here, guys. Is the fact that it wasn't just the Watts show in the secondary. Cam Hart played well. Benjamin Morrison battled. He won some. He lost some. Thomas Harper had a good spot in the nickel. I mean, even DJ Brown, I thought, played a really good, solid football game tonight. Didn't miss any tackles, made the plays he needed to. The secondary was fantastic tonight. Absolutely yeah. fantastic. Yeah, it, it was. And you, again, you can't here, – here's the thing about Xavier Watts. He played great tonight, but he played great tonight because he was put in position to play great tonight. And that goes back to, Sean, to, to, to Vince. It goes back to what I had said earlier is you can't 
have this type of performance if the defensive coordinator doesn't say, I think number zero can dominate tonight. So I'm going to put him in position to dominate. You, you, you know, that, that's the thing is like the way Ryan talked about all the robber, the stuff, he was playing the alleys. It was basically like, I think zero's athletic enough because USC is not a team that throws the ball deep a ton. They'll take their shots, but they love the intermediate stuff. They love the perimeter stuff. And basically to the field, Notre Dame had, we've got between Thomas Harper, between Cam Hart, and then Xavier Watts running the other alley. It's like, you're not going to be able to outrun us. And, and everybody talks about how athletic this USC second receiving core is, and it is. But they looked very mediocre tonight because the fact is, is Notre Dame's athleticism on the this, – this, this notion that some people still have, still have, about Notre Dame doesn't have speed on defense. Tonight, you saw. Oh, this, yeah. They flat out do. They don't always execute. They don't always take good angles of the football. They don't always tackle well, which, by the way, the tackling tonight was phenomenal. Was superb. I mean – Against yes. this team, I mean, yeah, you missed some on Caleb, but guess what, guys? You're gonna miss some on Caleb yeah. Williams. Yeah, but but the secondary tonight, guys, was just it was really the key to the whole thing, right? Like, yep. Yes, the D line played great, but there was just nowhere to go with the ball, and yeah, there was actually a couple times where guys were open, including the first interception. But the yep. D line, the pressure got to him, but there yep. wasn't a whole lot. And usually when USC was like, there was a couple times where they hit in cuts, and you're just like, dude, that's just a throw that nobody else in college football can make. That's why he completed that pass. Just nobody mm-hmm. else can make that throw. I, I mean, there was I a couple the body, sidearm throws, and I mean, it was just, yeah, I mean, he just made plays. Body, body language of the wide receivers, I think, told the story tonight. Did you guys see Mario Williams all night, man? He was frustrated, yes. man. Like, he was not. He was not pleased, right? And I think that any time – because wide receivers are always very animated, right? So as a defensive back, like, how do you know a secondary played well if you have the wide receivers flustered? Because they're going to show it on their face all the time because, like, they're just – they're talkers, right? And I think Mario – like, people watch the game back. Just watch number four for USC at wide receiver Mario Williams. You could see – that he was incredibly frustrated, but they, he wasn't just frustrated because he wasn't playing well. He was frustrated because his whole wide receiver crew was not getting much opportunity. They weren't making a ton of plays like they're accustomed to making. It was just right. one of those nights where I, I think the only word that I would say for the secondary is stifling. Like that's the only word that comes to yeah. mind. Like they stifled yeah. the USC passing attack tonight. Yeah. But, yeah. I, I just want to build on what you guys were saying real quick. So you know, you if you have a secondary, you know, obviously specifically corner, nickel, and one safety. We 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 can talk about the other safety, but the other safety played pretty decent today. Okay. So yeah. if if you have a secondary like that, it opens up your playbook to do so much defensively because you can bring different kinds of pressures. You can you can do all kinds of different things with the front seven because you know kind of what's going to happen and you and you can put these guys on an island and you can you can bring some guys down in the alley and there's all kinds of different things that you can do. If you have to protect your secondary, there's so much less that you can yes. do with the front seven. So yes. much less. So it's I mean I can tell you right now Al Golden's like okay, well with this secondary that I've got you know, we can, ha- well, we can just, we can bring guys, we can do all kinds of stuff. I'm sorry. I was laughing. Cause I just saw Will C's latest comment about the um, Ebony alert that they put out for Caleb Williams. <laughs> um, I saw that. That's a real thing actually, by the way. Is it really? Um, yeah. It's California, but anyway, different conversation for another day. Um, but I'm going to give you guys, 
that right there, you want to know why there was a big difference between the game plan this year and last year? I, I truly believe this. It's because last year you didn't have Tariq Gracie. You didn't have Cam Hart. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and Benjamin Moore, uh, Jaden uh, Mickey was still just a freshman. Wasn't you know, ready. it just wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't ready for that. And tonight you had your you had everybody and, and they played him. I'm going to give you guys some numbers tonight. Mario Williams had six catches for 28 yards. Taj Washington had seven catches for 41 yards. These are decent rushing numbers, and some of them aren't even good rushing numbers. Right. These are also good uh, wide receivers that you're, yes. you're listening off. Dorian here. Singer so had deep. three catches for 22 yards. Brendan Rice had six catches for 18 yards. Zechariah Branch had three catches for 17 yards. Yeah, 17 yards. Michael Jackson had six catches for 51 yards. Not a single USC wide receiver averaged more than 10, 10 or more yards per, per catch. Not one. The only guy on the entire roster that averaged over 10 yards a catch was Luke McGree because he had a 21-yard catch, and then he yeah. had a zero-yard catch. He's the only guy that averaged over 10 yards a catch, 10 and a half yards per catch. Every single USC receiver. Their top two receivers, Taj Washington and Brendan Brendan Rice, came to this game averaging over 20 yards per catch. They didn't even have good rushing statistics tonight, guys. If Brendan Rice had six carries for 18 yards, I'm like, that's pretty terrible. Taj Washington, seven carries for 41 yards. Like, that's decent. That's over five, right? You know, they had good rushing stats tonight, but those were their receiving numbers. Like, that is utter dominance, fellas utter dominance and i mean i just i don't know that i've seen anything like it against this this quality of talent at quarterback and and running back and marshawn lloyd finished with 46 yards on eight carries which is good for 5.8 per carry 31 of that came on one play yeah i mean it just there just was nothing there. there there was nothing there tonight guys and mario williams six catches for 28 yards 20 of that 20 of that came home one catch. So those other five catches went for eight yards. Eight yards. I've never seen like it. But great game plan by Marcus by uh Al Golden. But guys, I mean, it was executed. I mean, you know, we keep saying I'm sick of Marcus Freeman saying we got to execute better. And an offense, we'll get to guys, there's a lot more going on than just execution, right? But defensively, it's it really is this. When this defense executes, fellas, every single week, they they don't just shut people down. They dominate. They dominate. And today they did. And it was, like I said, USC only scored. They came in scoring 51.8 points per game. They scored 20 tonight. And seven of that came on a short field after a long punt. Punt return. That's it. That's it. I, I just, I mean, it was... And you, we can talk, you guys can talk about whatever else you want to talk about when it comes to the defense guys. But I mean, I think we've covered it all. I just think this was a, a brilliant game plan props to the entire defensive coaching staff, because every single unit stepped up and made plays tonight. Uh, they were emotionally ready to play. They were physically ready to play. And, you know, Sean, we've talked about the execution of the game plan, but if you're not mentally and emotionally ready to play, it, it doesn't matter. And after what happened right. to them last week, they could easily be yeah. pissed off and the offense isn't doing this and whatever. But this group came out tonight and showed that they've got some big-time football character and big-time football heart. Maybe you guys can answer a question for me. Did Notre Dame look tired tonight? No. 
Like they all that low hanging fruit. Cryo- uh, they were tired at Louisville. Well, I guess Louisville was tired at Pittsburgh tonight. They just didn't play well last week. That's it's, yeah, it's, it's yeah. really that simple. Yeah. And look, I think somebody put up a stat that Marcus Freeman has just as many wins over top 10 teams in his second year as Brian Kelly had his entire tenure. I think I, it was yeah. something crazy somebody put up on Yeah, but it's, it's like, a little bit. Crazy. He had he had three. Brian Kelly had three. So that's – but um, it's also a little misleading because the three for Brian Kelly includes, I believe, uh, where people were ranked when they played, like when, they, when okay. the season was over. Because, okay. like, they beat Oklahoma, was ranked in the top ten – or Michigan State was ranked in the top 10 in 2011. Oklahoma was ranked in 2012. You beat um, you beat uh, Clemson when they were ranked number one. They beat Stanford when they were ranked in the top 10 in, in 2018. Yeah. So they only had three wins over teams that finished in the top 10. That Clemson didn't finish last in the top 10, and we don't know that USC will. So it's a little bit of a misleading stat. But still, Marcus Freeman didn't get – I mean, Brian Kelly didn't get his first top 10 win until um, – his second year, and that was against a team that finished seven and six. Yeah, so it's still impressive. It's well, and both of them have been blowouts. That's the other yeah. thing too. Is neither of them in competitive games really? I, I think Marcus Freeman feels like he has a really good team, and I think he does have a really good team. Now I'm not about to sit here and say this team is a college football playoff contender. They probably have little to no shot to make it to no. the playoffs. But this this meant something. This meant something to the program. And it wasn't just beating USC. It was the way they dominated and destroyed USC to the point where I watched like five minutes of Lincoln Riley at the press conference and he was just lost for words. It was almost like he didn't see this coming. It was almost like his arrogance never oh, thought. Yeah. His, his arrogance never thought, man, we're in trouble in the trenches and Notre Dame literally might push us around right. if we don't come in here and give an A effort. And, and I know the reason. The reason is because the, the young man that was standing to his right has covered his butt and everybody else's butt in that program for two years. And he just didn't have it tonight. Right. He, he he tried. He tried to force things, and Notre Dame just had his number tonight. It's just, it's as simple as that. Very very satisfying win. Just for the fact that I knew. Marcus Freeman said it like losing is one thing, but when you lose at Notre Dame, is magnified. And he's right. Sure. Mm-hmm. He's right. Like there's nothing like losing at Notre Dame. Not nothing. Maybe Alabama at this point, you know, but Notre Dame has to be a close second. And I'll say this again, preparation. I don't care what cliches he uses. The record for Marcus Freeman is when his team has a difficult loss, he gets his team ready to play. Yeah. He gets – he gets this team ready to play. Now, if we can clean up the Stanford's and the Marshalls and the, That's it. And, the, and the Louisvilles, now we're working with something. Yeah. But the way this team responds, because like you said, uh, Brian, 
it would have been very easy for this team to check out. They had plenty of excuses. They had midterms this week as well, right? That was another excuse people were trying to give this team. Can't play well with midterms. Can't yeah. play well. Marcus Freeman didn't want any parts of it. And it is encouraging in this win to see Jalen Smith getting better, to see Ubacar Traore come in and get a sack. When you see the young players that we've been hearing about finally starting to show what we've been hearing about, and you mix that in with the veterans and the way they've been playing, like you said, Ryan, man, give DJ, give DJ his flowers tonight, man. If you're going to rip the kid for the dropped interception and for the missed tackles against Louisville, give him his flowers. Because honestly, this collectively, this has been his best year of play at Notre Dame. It really has. And it's a reason why he's on the field. Xavier Watts took a lot of heat. Give that man his flowers. And I know you guys talked about it early. The way they kept Caleb Williams caged up all night with the disciplined pass rush that they used was absolutely amazing. That means everybody has to be committed. Everybody. Very rarely did you see anyone rush past him and yep. give him a lane. And shout out to Howard Cross. Riley Mills played one of his best games tonight, I thought. It was just really a collective effort. And for them to give that effort, coming off the disappointment of their performance against Duke and definitely their performance against Louisville, that's, man, big round of applause to everybody. Coaches, players, staff, everybody. Congratulations and and congratulations to uh, Father Jenkins. And I guess they presented him with the uh, game ball which is pretty dope and pretty cool. So uh, this this should carry the Notre Dame fan base and up until uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow, <laughs> and I'm tomorrow. sure I'm sure the fans will find something else. Well, I, th- I, I think Notre Dame Notre Dame might win the bye week though this week. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> right. Marcus Freeman was so happy walking away from the podium, telling the media, "I won't. I don't have to deal and see you all next week." <laughs> Yes. He was so happy. 